2: plushcare.com slash weight loss You're listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily
1: Podcast.
2: This is Paul Hawksby and Andy Jacobs and this is the h Daily with the best bits of this afternoon's show. Uh, darts legend Keith Deller, former world champion, has written his autobiography and came in and had a good chat with us about it all, which we enjoyed. Uh, Jacob from the Bad Sad Boys Club is a Tottenham fan and has written a song called White Hart Lane. Uh, it's not about Tottenham per se, as he explained. So we had a chat with him. We had a chat, Andy, didn't we? We did, yeah. About various Various stuff. Various things, yeah. Here it all is.
3: everyone. Good afternoon, Andy. You're like an Spurs. You've got a proper manager now. I've just, yeah, I've seen, and uh, I had a look at Conte's record for mm-hmm. Chelsea and what he did. It was it was really remarkable. After losing that game three nil and changing the system, they won thirteen games in a row. Yeah, they then lost to Spurs. Mm-hmm. They then went fourteen more games unbeaten, lost the game, and then they won their last seven games to take the title. I mean, it was phenomenal, it was absolutely phenomenal. I do think though this is his hardest job yet because when he came here, there really was only City, you know, and the Liverpool and United were good but not like they are now. now there are three very strong teams. Yeah. There are three other very Good teams, and then there's Spurs. So it's going to be difficult. And but he's just got such a great track record, and you just know that. I, I definitely think that Spurs are going to finish above United, oh. and uh, I bet Ole's delighted that Conte got the job. Yeah, but really. I think United. I think they have made a massive error there. Massive. Well, error. it was good for Spurs, but it wasn't massive. particularly
2: I convincing. I mean, you know, I think one. I think it was Mike McGrath mm. in the Telegraph said they won the game, in you know, in spite of. Solskjaer not because of him
3: no really well, when you've got Ronaldo it's just remarkable he's Incredible, you just knew when he got the ball at the end, even though he was a bit lucky the way it came back to him, there was such determination. Yeah, just the way he is, he's, his will, you know, is incredible. Yeah, and, both uh, lovely
2: goals. Weren't they? The first goal yeah. was cracking brilliant by Bruno Fernandes, and uh, your boy's won. And yes, yeah, sure. I well, know you've, he's not really uh, happened for him at Chelsea, is it? He? He's had injuries and yeah, he's had a bit I of bad I think that's luck. the
3: problem. Every time he looks good, he gets injured. That's happened yeah. every single time to him, and uh, staying saying he's still struggling a bit. Yeah, Tuchel's been hard on Hudson-Odoi, but yeah. blimey, it's doing him good because he's really starting to It's quite to hard on
2: Loftus-Cheek yesterday, wasn't he? He said, after yeah. 15 minutes, I wondered if I'd made a mistake starting Well, him. I think
3: he detects that both those players, both players are the same. They're both grew up knowing they were great and they have a kind of attitude about them that ha- they have to lose. And if if they concentrate and do what he wants, yeah. they're going to be great. There's no question about it. And, this must uh, be quite hard. I mean, you you think
2: this. It must be quite hard as a kid to keep humble. You know, you start off as the best kid in your school, then the yeah, best sure. kid in your club, and you get picked up by one of the best academies in the world, which has have been very mm. successful in Chelsea or City or wherever it is. You get picked up and it's, you're kind of fated, aren't you, from the age of about... Eleven, twelve. Yeah. Everybody's 10 you're going to be one of the top players in the country. You're going to be playing in the first team, and to keep your feet on the ground completely,
3: it can't be easy. No, I but he's think. good for that. He's really good like that. So, but it was a bit like last year: twenty-three shots and one goal. You know that's why they need Lukaku to you know come. You know. T- his proper form, yeah. We'll see. David De Gea, David De Gea, rather, was wheatabixed. You know, I've looked, I've looked extensively for that advert on YouTube. You can't find it, but it definitely happened, right? It was an old advert that, that where, and the goalie dived over it and it became an expression. That, yeah, that if you dived over the ball like that, you will, you know, Tim Crawl wheatabixed the other day, yeah, wheatabix saved. That's so. It.
2: Most adverts you can find, Andy. How, how long ago was this advert? Oh, can yeah. you remember? Oh, it has to have been in the 70s, I reckon. So, keeper, can, can you remember the context of the keeper's? It was like a Sunday morning match or something? Yeah, something, is something it? like that. Yeah,
3: I don't remember. I only remember that and it becoming an expression. But right. I never used it. Must be, was it just yeah. round your way that people You're were sp- we bixed? Have you heard that <laughs> yeah. term before? Keeper jumps, keeper dives over it? the ball, he's been <laughs> we bixed. I noticed last night, though, there was a stadium full of, because in Italy you have to be fully vaccinated to go to a game. Yeah. So, there was a stadium full of double-vaxxed people. They were all fine. They're all enjoying the match. They weren't transmitting 5G or indeed magnets. They seem fine to me. <laughs> yeah, that's very good. It's incredible, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, it's mad.
2: Uh, Nigel Adley, uh, mm. our, our fine commentator here on Talksport. We didn't get round to this yesterday, myself and Charlie. Things got a bit busy, but I thought we might ask the listeners the question today and uh, because uh, dominic calvert lewin was on um monday night football much to the much to the annoyance of mike parry did you see mike parry no why he was saying why is he in the studio why is he not constantly having physio I to return have physio to the in team? the evening <laughs> <laughs> mike sees him basically living with the physio being constantly manipulated but he did get, he got a bit of a got a bit of a strop on he did but anyway uh, the suit we said was a bit like um something from back to the future wasn't it martin mcfly's dad suit but um, apart from that mm. Nigel Adley said I remember first seeing Dominic Calvert-Lewin scoring a last minute winner for Northampton against Northwich Victoria with a pub on fire behind one of the goal- goals oh I remember that yeah, yeah that it's a famous says, bit of yeah, footage. Don't get that in the Premier League. And uh, Nigel had sort of dm me an actual picture. And sure enough, there's just the match going on. And uh, apparently everybody was okay, thankfully. But the, yeah, there's a pub on fire. <laughs> no, I remember it. I in remember, the background. Remember seeing, I, remember saw yeah. last week, but I remember it. I remember seeing it last week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. There's another one Street. as well.
3: we'll yeah. Actually, another game where there's a fire <clears> in the corner as
2: so well. So sometimes you're trying to concentrate on the match. Yeah. But um, or any sporting event, and there's something going on in the background. So if you want to add to the list uh, this afternoon to build on Nigel's pub fire uh, during that match, then do let us know. The stuff that kind of took your eye... Uh, we saw, that was it the Cambridge United game the other day? SpongeBob SquarePants was being helped into his seat by stewards. I mean, that would take your eye. If you're trying to watch the match and you see SpongeBob being led to his How seat many by, seats by the stewards. He,
3: need? he must need yeah. a couple. Really. <laughs> Last night the, in the Atalanta game, the VAR was a man called Bastian Dunker. I think that was his name anyway. And Dunker is, uh, is German for thank you. It is. And can I thank him for two minutes of my life? I'll never get back. <laughs> How could he take so long? I, 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 it's embarrassing. Yeah. I think you should never allowed to be a var again if the if that takes you two minutes and 23 to see that uh Z, what is his name zapata was on side yeah. honestly ridiculous uh congratulations I, I found a sporting one in the court circular today oh yeah uh mr nrt gubbins and miss c h fraser and i thought well, I bet that's that's um what's his name nick gubbins who plays for middlesex is it it is i looked it up he is nrt gubbins Oh, marvellous! Yes, congratulations, congratulations to to Nick. Gummidge, He's married yeah. Giles Fraser's daughter, who's a journalist and vicar, I think. Okay, Christ. yeah, okay, fair enough.
2: Well, Quite great well news, made. Andy. This thought, uh, yeah. maybe they'll send us a bit of cake now. That well, be uh, right.
3: you know, I also found the Duke of Kent uh, held a reception for the Institute for People-Centered Artificial Intelligence. And the only reason he did it, he thought the people from Hawkeye were coming. Yeah, <laughs> <See, laughs> everything's got to be tennis. <laughs> So TalkSport.com, oh yes, text eight ten eighty
2: nine. tweet ts and uh, J. Um, yes, Andy, what else have you got? I've got news
3: from Lebanon. Oh, OK. The country's oldest newspaper, the Daily Star, has closed. What's the letters page <laughs> like? It's Star Texters. Yeah. Right, I love it. And Lebanese weather scare stories. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> It's going to be colder than London today. Killer to be... jellyfish in the Bay of Beirut. Obviously. Yes, it probably, it may well be. <laughs>
2: Tremendous that. Well, news. Anyway, that breaking news. The last fifteen minutes, uh, you may have seen. Uh, Guillaume Balagay got wind of this last night. That uh, he was saying, um, Guillaume, was uh, that the slightly scattergun approach of the recruitment. Mm. The fact that uh, Newcastle were looking at Una Emery and Eddie Howe, two very different managers with very different backgrounds, was a red flag to him, amongst other things, because it doesn't really sort of smack of a very clear route and the kind of manager you want to do the job. So Mm. maybe Eddie Howe's completely in the box seat, maybe the search continues. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast.
3: Ready to pop the question? you have an Airbnb your home might be worth more than you think find out how much at airbnb.com host
1: life is full of what ifs some awesome like what if AI could fold your laundry and some well less awesome like what if you have unexpected medical costs
2: From Talk Sport. We take you back to iconic sporting venue, uh, Jolly's Cabaret Club, Stoke-on-Trent. Of course. It's 1983. Uh, The qualifier, Keith Della, is playing the legendary Eric Bristow uh, in the final. We're getting to the closing stages of the final, the climax of a big game. Cue Sid Waddell. He's
1: required. Looking dangerous, Bristow is banking on Della not doing this. Put the shots on for the title.
0: Double 12 for the title.
1: Yes! I am telling you, I'm telling you, I've seen
0: nothing like it in my life. Keith Della of Ipswich, 23 year old, he had to qualify to get here. Bristol did a
1: percentage shot. Della did the business. He's now the world champion.
0: A freak-out here at Jollies! A freak-out. Wondrous darts.
2: Fantastic yeah, stuff. Brilliant. It brings it all back. Uh, Stephen Fryer has written the forward to Keith's uh, autobiography. 1-3-8, game shot and the match. Uh, says it was the moment when he truly got into darts. And he's a man who loves the game now. Good to see you, Keith.
1: Hi, Paul. Hi, Andy. You yeah. see, the,
2: I'm sure you've watched that clip back a few times <laughs>
1: yeah. over the years. I know, because I mean, people even, we did a couple of shows last weekend and someone said to me, should Eric have gone for the ball? Yeah, I said, <laughs> that was well, the thing,
3: wasn't it? Yeah, that, he, that, he, that he, he, he was banking on you missing the 138.
1: Well, he said to me, if I'd have wanted 136, because it's two treble 20s, if you hit the first start and the treble 20, you're going to stay there. He most probably would have gone for it, but he said you're going to have to either go treble twenty, move over to the right, then back to the left. He said, and he said to me, "You bottled it early when you could have beat me." He says, so I thought, well, you must probably leave a double up and double sixteen at the time was his favourite. He's mm. never used to miss thirty-two, and he's just thinking, two legs or I will win the next two le- cl- next two legs to win the title. But did it fire you up? Did you think? Oh, that's a bit much. I'm going. To- I'll show him. Did it kind of? You think? Well, did it? Did it? Did it were you more
2: determined to? to- to clear that and win it. That well, he, he
1: never, we never spoke yeah. um, before the final because there was, I know it sounds strange, but Jolly's had one room. It was called the band room. And it was all drums where all the drums were. <laughs> and there was one dartboard in there. And then there was the other room that had two. Well, Eric always liked to go in the one with just the one dartboard. Mm. So we arranged to make sure that we got to the venue earlier because I knew what how long Eric would get there for. We got there before he did and went in that room. As oh, he walked in, I'm I went, Hi out. Eric, how are you? He, he, got, he got into <laughs> his head. But his dad, George, um, I didn't know at the time, used to like a bet. So every time when I played my first game against Nicky Vrashkul, number seven, he went, how do you feel? But he always came in about 15 minutes before I was going on. Mm. I said, well, he's going home. I said, he's number seven. I don't lose for American dark players. So he went, well, good luck. <laughs> and we got to the next one that was less capable. Then John Lowe in the quarterfinals and George come in I went here comes the first big upset that's how I believe I just believed I was going to win all week yeah. and and then when we got to the semis and I beat Jockey on the final Eric did say he told me that he said to his dad have a bet on Keith but if I win then you've still done well this week but if I lose you'll make more money <laughs> and I just thought then you weren't that confident then no, exactly. Eric no, you never a said short. that yeah. it was in the top 10 you got this from your book the top 10 biggest upsets in sporting
3: history like with Tyson and Douglas, and things like that. It's amazing, isn't
1: it? Well, I think because um, beating the number three and the number two beforehand, you shouldn't really come through all them players because mm. you, you know. But at the end of the day, I did win the, the Los Angeles Open in 1982 and beat Bob Anderson, John Lowe on the way. So they, like when Jockey Wilson said in the semi final. We, we knew who Keith was, but the public didn't. Yeah. So, I mean, my local um, estate in Ipswich, little bookies there, they, they, they lost about £80,000, <laughs> I think, because everyone was having a fun bet. But yeah. All of a sudden, the fun bet was getting closer. And it was just a great, yeah. for me to win and obviously to beat the governor, which Eric was by yeah. far. It couldn't be any better, really.
2: I mean, you shook the game up. You were a young guy. You were a new face. Uh, and you had a slightly different image. I mean, darts at the time, as we know from the old um, Smith & Jones, not the 9 o'clock oh, news sketch. Double brandy. It was. It had a certain <laughs> image, didn't it? But you kind of bucked the trend of that. And I, I think, I mean, obviously commercially it was very good for you because it was a life-changing moment, wasn't it,
1: for I you? I think I was about... Ten and a half, eleven 11 stone in Wake and when you got Jockey that had nicotine all on his fingers you can see when he went to the board and Eric, as soon as Eric or Jockey or one of the players had a bad leg they'd light a cigarette. Yeah. Well I've never smoked so you know you just had to put up with it. You know, it was the environment we were in at the time yeah. but it was... I think I was different, I didn't really drink much before I played, um, so all of a sudden, my first big deal was a brewery deal, <laughs> so had to, which had to be I suppose, but yeah. they brought a young man's bitter out, well I don't drink bitter so I don't think I was the best advert but it it was a nice image because darts I think when I won my final a lot of youngsters took it up in clubs and brought the young yeah. people into playing yeah. darts and it obviously it always had the stigma of drink and, and smoking, but Unfortunately, that's what it was. Mm, yeah. what we came from a pub mm. and a club, and that was a hard image to, to get rid of until it's a lot better now.
3: Mm. Yeah, but now at the World Championship, it's a young crowd, isn't it? It's not made up of old fuddy days. It's all young people getting dressed up and having a good time, and yeah. you know, it's, it's really noticeable. We should go back to that day, though. Ipswich, your love, your football love, you are still thinking of them, even though you were playing Eric.
1: <laughs> that's right. We, we, we were playing Charlton in the FA Cup, and... I mean, I was—I went to the '78 Cup final when we beat Arsenal. Sorry, Arsenal fans, but unlucky. It's and right. then we're, we're quite happy. Uh, I know you're quite happy there <laughs> with, with, with Chelsea and Tottenham, but uh, <laughs> and it was great. And I, I was ball boy. I mean, I remember once George Best because in our day, when you were ball boy, if you, if a player come in, you had to clean the boots. Mm. So in the Ipswich, you had the Ipswich home dressing room, the away to the right, and then opposite was the boot room. And I had to clean George Best boots. Uh, I thought, wow, oh, wow, I can't believe it. And I did actually had to clean Should've the boots. them, they'd be worth a fortune. I know. <laughs> and Mick Jones come in, Leeds United. Do you remember when yeah, Leeds Mick, had their little yeah. tags on the socks? But Mick, of course, and broke got, his arm in the cup final, yeah. didn't he? And yeah. I got Mick Jones, um, I think number 10, his tags that put on his socks. So it was great as a ball right. boy. The only trouble the trouble was when you had Man United, Liverpool, Chelsea or Tottenham, mm. and you're sitting in front of the way end. they used to fill the dirt up, because it always had dirt with a um, behind the goal. Mm and you used to get bags of dirt thrown at you but <laughs> but it's so silly because the only place you didn't want to do ball boy was where the tunnel was because if a ball went over the top before we had the big stand yeah. you had to run around and go and get the ball so you never did want to be ball boy there.
2: We'll talk more about Ibswitch Switch. I say Alan Brazil has made the book a little picture of Alan with some of the other players we'll look at how life changing that was and some of the weird one of the things you got to do some of the TV appearances and still
3: playing so we'll talk about that
2: American detective mm. series Keith
3: popped up oh, yeah. here and,
2: cool. and the new uh uh, and the new Seniors Tour, the Legends, uh, which, which we'll talk more about with Keith Della, The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Good afternoon, Paul Hawksby Andy Jacobs here on TalkSport. Keith Della, the former World Darts Champion, is with us in the studio. He's written his autobiography, 138, Game Shot and the Match. And uh, Keith, there's some lovely stories in there of <coughs> how kind of, you know, you became famous from that point and the opportunities opened up in life. Uh, appearing in Heart to Heart with Robert Wagner and Stephanie Powell and so lots of... Um, Question of sports you did over the years. It should have been called Dot to Dot, Dart to it? oh, oh, Dart. Dart to Dart, a special. Good. But uh, I love the story of your mum. People would, uh, even though you'd moved to uh, North London by this stage, people would still knock on your mum's door in Ipswich and say, does Keith live here? And she'd say, yeah, come in. She'd make him a cup of tea and she'd put the video on of, of you winning it. And you were saying, look, you've got to stop letting strangers
1: in, mum. <laughs> oh, it's unbelievable. Unbelievable because I, I was living in Enfield then because when I won the Worlds, my uh, manager... Uh, John Markovic and uh, Linda Batten uh, lived in Enfield. So the first thing they said was buy a place with a swimming pool and, and, you know, a lovely place. And that was the trimming straight after me being world champion. But my mum and well, my, Sally, my dad's gone, but my mum uh lived at Chantry Estate in Ipswich, um, where Macaulay Bond's from, Ipswich footballer, oh, just get that one in from Macaulay. <laughs> and, uh, and my mum would say, oh, we had some lovely people around today. I went, who were they? She went, oh, I don't know who they were. <laughs> she said, well, they just said, does Keith della live here? And, and I showed them the final. I said, but mum, you can't let people in. <laughs> I said, you know, but uh, they were just so proud. And my mum and dad used to do it all the time, but I said, yeah. You can't, you mustn't do that. You just just say hello and just say yes. And I mean, it's give a, a, a massive picture. sliding
2: doors moment, Keith, isn't it? That dart doesn't go in, that double doesn't go in. And look, you might have gone on to win it, the, the world's another time. You could have won it the next year, who knows? But you know, these things can be fleeting, anything can happen in, in any sort of sports mm. person's career. You know, all the opportunities you talk about, you know, sort of hanging out with members of the Eagles and uh, travelling the world, well, the, the door that, that effectively one door opened up for you.
1: I think it was also, it's great to be world champion. I mm. remember um, at the do there when um, Don Felder, because the Eagles were my favourite group, and Hotel California is my favourite song, and Don Felder was a good friend of Willie Morgan, Sex Man United, mm. and come over to do the big Hawa classic, come over to a golf tournament in Carden Park, and... What they normally do is they introduce celebrities and people from show business. And I was the only world champion there. Normally, there might be Dennis Taylor or other people. And uh, he went, Keith, my man, the world champion. <laughs> Next minute, I'm at the bar going, Desperado, why don't you come to your senses? I tell them the songs and <laughs> you're thinking, unbelievable. Uh, the people you used to meet, I mean, Sir Norman Wisdom, I mean, icons of TV and playing mm. in like the Bruce Forsyth golf classics, a Bruce um, Forsyth golf classic. Did Norman do his trip, his little trip? He right? always oh. does a little trip yeah, when yeah. I met
2: Norman. He does a little and he looks over his shoulder like it was, like it was your fault. Of course, <laughs> we did, sadly. Well, he actually Not did a anymore.
1: presentation for the winners yeah. of the golf and John Lowe's team won it, which is even better now because he decided to throw the prizes at them yeah. <laughs> as <of> they were
2: walking <laughs> up. But I mean, the, your prize money, I mean, I'm trying to think, pro rata, what you won mm. in the world Wasn't compared the is now, with is what and uh, Price won recently. I mean, I mean, it was it was a lot of money for the time, but it probably wasn't as much as they get now.
1: No, it was the average wage. I think was sixty pounds a week. Mm. Um, I mean, for example, that week of the World's, I had no money. I was borrowing borrowing money off the officials to get by. And at the end of the tournament, there was a bottle of Magnum champagne. I gave that to the officials, and I said, "I owe you some money. I'll see you next week. I'll be all right now." Was it eight thousand pounds? Eight thousand pounds and. As I said, in, in three months later, I brought the place in Enfield with a swimming pool, and I, and I thought, that from someone from a council estate in Ipswich, but it just showed that, yeah. I think my victory showed that anybody that's got a dream or puts work in, it can happen. Mm. And uh, it was what you just said there I was right, Paul. Um, I, I didn't have another chance, really, to be world champion. The closest I got, again, was semi-final in the PDC and quarterfinals when I broke the first 100 average in the world championships, but I lost. Hmm. So that was my only chance, and thankfully I took it. Wow! You've had a great career after
3: Darts. haven't you? you've been with Sky Sports for twenty-seven years, yeah. and counting. I was thinking, actually, Keith, you're a, you're a
2: spotter, which that job mm. is to help the director know where they we want to put the camera for the next shot because you you know the way a darts player thinks and the way and you know their favourite doubles because you know them all, etc. But in a game where, you know, if you'd been the spotter on your game, you would have done exactly what the spotter on your game did, which was go to that ball, which they do for Eric. I think he's going to go for the ball, don't they? And then
1: it doesn't yeah. happen and they have to quickly shift. Well, you, you, you have to weigh up the situation of the match. If I if Eric was four sets up, I most probably would have said, keep the 18s, he'll go 18s, but to leave double 16. But to, for me to give me a shot to win, I think I had already had three or four shots over 130 in the final. So... You know, there was there was a warning there. But spotting, I mean, I love working on Sky. I mean, I'll be there in the Grand Slam in a couple of weeks time. And it is hard. It's uh, I mean, that's um, when uh, Stephen Fry came in, when Phil hit the two nine darters, mm. the famous two in one match. And he said, uh, Mr. Duller, when I first met him, he said uh, 138. And he, he knew everything about the likes of John, Bobby and uh, George and uh, John Lowe. And he was sitting in the truck. And when I was calling the numbers out, he went, you must have been a genius at maths. I went, no, the actual first question, I swear to God, is true – it was take away from five pounds, and I took it from five oh one. I got the easiest question wrong in the maths <laughs> test, but and uh, but yeah, it was I. I love working on yeah. Sky and uh, doing the spot and as and as well as ITV.
2: Um, we've had a message. Uh, Keith made me cry as a ten-year-old boy when he beat uh, Eric, my hero, in '83. Wow. But I did get my revenge at the Eastbourne Open ten years later when I beat him in a singles match as Nick Holman.
1: Oh yeah. Okay, <laughs> Nick. Uh, well, I suppose he was happy. I did actually win the Eastbourne Open two thousand <laughs> one, so I won't rub it in too much. <laughs> and
2: uh, Charlie, the cabbie, has been in touch. He said, "I remember Keith. He lived at the old Rubroid Football Ground. He says he lived near there. Is that right, off well, Carter Hatch Lane? He says."
1: Yeah, near um, Enfield Town actually. Yes. Um, yeah, Phillybrook Avenue, just off Willow Road. I think they've got a big oh, supermarket man. there now. So there we are, nice man. He says in my memory. Oh, so, hard, uh, so
3: you're what? playing in the, this new veterans circuit. I mean what are the you've been practicing,
1: what's the difference about playing now than when you played before? What happens to you when you get older? I think it's competitive really. I mean, we've I've not played any competitive matches, which is to be the hardest part for us. Um I think it was last April where uh, Jason Francis and Jason Tame, Jason Francis is Ronnie O'Sullivan's manager and Jason Tame's manager of Michael Van Goen, mm. and said we're going to put a scenes on TV. Would you like to play? Uh, and I said in under 0.1 second, I'm in. Yeah. And the first thing I did was got my garage all done out and uh, TV in there and practicing very hard because we're like the tournaments today now, Andy, is that they play week in week out, they're playing each other like today. There'll be another one tomorrow. We never had that. So basically for us, is I'm going to try and um, maybe speak to Ryan Meekle, who's one of the players on the circuit, meet up with him nearer the time, play some matches. But for me, I just thought, well, if I practice really hard, I mean, when you've got the likes of Phil Taylor, who's the best of all time, Phil's going to be obviously the main guy. Um, um, we're all coming after you, Mr. Taylor. I won't say too much because <laughs> he knows I'm on today. But, uh, but with Phil in... It's you know the reason why I'm practicing as hard as I am. I'm practicing four hours a day. I'll be doing three hours oh. tonight when I get home because, first of all, you don't want to let the the, the sponsors down, the TV, the you know the promoters, and more importantly yourself. Mm-hmm. And I just feel that if I put the hard work in, and I I can see already it's getting better and better, and I'm really um, I can't wait. And it's going to be at the Circus Tavern, which is a great venue. Yeah, where the absolutely. best best final of all time was Barney against Phil. And uh, and I think the tickets, I think virtually most of the sessions are sold out so Brilliant. If you do wanna go, get to the circus tavern because it, it's gonna be history.
2: It's um it's gonna be on BBC Red Button, isn't it? So people are gonna have a chance to watch it. And there's gonna be for some of those guys that aren't world champions, those sort of eight core sort of legends, um there's other people qualifying. You do sense Keith, this is going to get bigger and bigger. This is going to work. I think people love watching you guys yeah. play. We've been reminiscing today and people have been responding to it. I think people are enjoying Heritage watching... Heritage darts. Yeah, I mean, think, well, it'd be like the kind of seniors circuit in golf. There may be some players thinking, you know, do I want to go on to the senior circuit? Is that, is that going to be maybe more lucrative for me?
1: Well, they have got a qualifiers coming up in a couple of weeks and there's 128 players in it. You've got people um, like uh, Colin Monk, who's been on on the circuit, Andy Jenkins, Chris Mason. Yeah, They're all trying to qualify just to get in the event. And then when you look at all the players you've got from, like, say Martin Adams, John Lowe, Bob Anderson, Richie Burnett, Robert Fordson, I mean, they're still playing. Yeah, uh, It's um, it's going to be really tough. But John Park, three times world champion. And I, the, the public will know we're not going to throw darts like Michael Van Gogh and Peter Wright. We're not going to be going 11-11, 12-11. But we will play well. Yeah. And and I just think it's the also the respect of what we've done in the game. When you when they when people are getting introduced, it's world champion or so some, some champion of, of of an event. And it's I think it's gonna get really big. I think uh, the the public I did a couple of shows with Colin Lloyd last weekend and, and all they were talking about was the scene is we can't wait to watch I remember watching you play, Eric, and it's that sort of um Great um, feeling from the public yeah. and, you know, it's, we're not there just to, it's not just getting a payday. In my book, it's another chance really of being in the limelight again and I'll have the same pressures, the same butterflies as I would 40 years ago. Yeah. So I can't wait to play in it and I know a lot of the players can't and, you know, we'll give it our best and, and it'll, I think it'll be a great tournament.
2: Our, our dance commentator, Ian Dantas, his question is, who's going to do the spotting for the seniors event? Very <laughs> <Pretty
1: good, good laughs> Not sure um, because I, I don't know who's going to be the MC. Yeah. I'm, I, I would have thought possibly Richard Ashdown. I mean, Richard does spot him. will get some of the kids in. So, um, I tell
2: you what, uh, the other thing that is throughout the book is Ipswich. As we said, there is a picture of you with the kind of Alan Brazil vintage Ipswich team. Finally, you were there last night at the Wickham game, big 4 1 win. Um, and you're feeling pretty good about the side at the moment. You think that, you know, after a tough old period, you think this, things could be turning the corner.
1: Yeah, I think that um, it was a great. We had 1,800 there last night. I mean, it was only 6,500 um, total. But yeah. when we went 1-0 down, I thought, here we go again. This is not the start we want. But, uh, I mean, we, really, I'll be honest with you, I know every, every fan can say, every game we've played, we really, apart from Bolton, we, we could have turned them over. Mm. And, and it was just early doors, silly mistakes. But, you know, I think it's just exciting times all around for me. I mean, just one other thing I'd like to say is that... Um, I've gone with a new dart company called Loxley Darts. So the Keith Della darts out in a couple of weeks, but it's basically, I've got red in the barrels. I'm gonna have They've made me a shirt. It's a shirt that I wore similar to when I won the world title. And there might be certain trousers coming out, which we'll not do yet, but it's, <laughs> it's great for me. I've got everything going in, in the right place. New Brilliant. Dart company, I want to work hard for them. Also, you know, the book, the tournament, switch fingers crossed it's i mean all going it well, is just so i can't wait for i'll be there saturday for the fa cup match but we played well last night i mean we really um mm. we really did turn them over and we've got a lot of money in the in the club now because we were in big trouble but it's it's good times there we're not far off the playoffs i think Excellent. we've got to be realistic and say let's get in the playoffs first and mm. then just got to keep going and uh, that's what football does to you you wake up in the yeah. morning you don't sleep very well it's like when I used to lose at darts I never could get to sleep that <laughs> night it's the same with football You think you keep, I keep looking at the table every, every time we win it's not changing <laughs> uh, I'm Keith, glad
2: it's not just me always lovely to see you thanks for coming and we wish you well with the book
1: thanks Paul thanks Andy
2: 138 game shot and the match forward by Stephen Fry Keith Deller and it's published by Pitch and is out in hardback now. And best of luck in the uh, seniors too. And we'll speak to you before then ahead of it and have a chat. So good to see you. The
3: Hawksby and Jacobs
2: daily podcast
1: from Talk Sport.
2: Jacobs yeah. here on I won't Talk. be buying that one, I must be honest. Well, I forget you're not a Tottenham fan, but I don't <laughs> think you need to be. But what I did say earlier on we would be chatting about a, uh, chatting, uh, to a, a member of a band whose song is called White Hart Lane, you probably did expect something in the Chaz and Dave uh, envelope. I did, really, yeah. which it's that it's Which that clearly yeah. isn't. Hmm. It's Sad Boys Club, and uh, Jacob Weldon is the front man of the band, Jacob. Good afternoon.
0: Good afternoon, guys. How you doing? Yes. I mean,
2: that's, that's Andy, a Chelsea fan. He's, he's. I mean, you'll buy the EP. You just won't play that track. I mean, it will. It will. It will polarize. It'll be a bit like the sales of um, shredded wheat when Kevin in Sunderland when Kevin Keegan was uh, was doing adverts. He, you know, you'll, you'll you're you're polarized. You won't get a lot of gooners buying it, will you?
0: I mean, well, I mean, if we can get to the success of shredded wheat, I view that as, uh, <laughs> as a positive start. But I mean, the song is you know, quite uh it, it's it's not it doesn't shine Spurs in a glorious light necessarily. Yeah. It's uh it's about a troubling relationship with Spurs. So I wonder if maybe a Guna here or there might take some some joy in inflicting yeah. further misery on us by uh It's about football fandom. I mean,
2: you are a Tottenham fan, which is why you do but it's kind of there is a it's sort of, mm. you know, it's the pain the, the joy and pain and agony of being a, a football fan, isn't it really?
0: Right, exactly. It's a, it's a song about faith, really. Like mm. I, we're we're broadly speaking secular in our in our band, so the the football pitch becomes our our church, our synagogue, our mosque, whatever you want to call it. And uh, when your gods or your angels or whatever is the appropriate term in this analogy uh, betray you, it can feel really brutal. But the thing about faith is, like, you have to. You have to keep believing, you have to keep aspiring, even in the face of all empirical and reasonable evidence to the contrary. You've
2: probably got got more faith in the last 24 hours than you did um, uh, (laughs) on uh, Sunday evening, I would
0: guess. I mean, I'm... I'm buzzing. You must be as well, right? You're not buzzing? Yeah,
2: well, I'm, I'm yeah, I am. I'm excited. Even Andy, who's, a, you know, he's he's done a little bit of detective yeah. work and, uh, during his time at Chelsea and, and has said what an amazing job he did for he's you. He's
3: an incredible manager, definitely. And I'm quite worried about it. Yeah, <laughs> not I, I, it's not a good thing.
0: That's, that's nice. I, that's nice to hear because I don't know, I don't know how long it's been since anyone sort of feared or worried about Spurs. Yeah, yeah, and and they the Potch, the, they did.
3: But I think I think the thing yeah, is, yeah. I was saying, this is his hardest job that he's ever had, Conte. He's a brilliant manager, but
0: this isn't yeah.
3: the, the same situation as when he came in at Chelsea or at Inter. This is, there's more this things, league, more this competition. Just, it's just much more competitive.
0: Yeah, yeah. I, I, yeah I, could, I couldn't agree more, but I was, t- I was talking to a friend of mine last night who uh, brought up, the, there's a Klopp quote that I think has something to do with getting people who are willing to push the train, and I feel like under Nuno and even under Mourinho to a certain extent, it felt like we were a bit of a trainless entity. There wasn't even a train to get behind or something to believe in. It was just, we're just kind of going through the motions already. I feel like there is an aura and a direction about having Conte at the helm that feels like something to believe in and something mm. to get behind. And I'm going to allow myself to get excited about it, even yeah. if, you know, maybe the glass ceiling isn't yeah. as high as I would expect, that's the role as a football fan to to dream.
2: Uh, what's the story of the band then, uh, Jacob? Uh, how how long have you been going? I was listening to some of your stuff on my way on my way into down Spotify, and there's a bit kind of a bit of an eighties feel to it at times. Is that is that fair?
0: We're, yeah, I'd say it's definitely fair. Like, I think uh, the Cure are kind of one hmm. of our principal influences, and and you know it, it always brings a smile to my face when people give us a nod that way. Um, but yeah, we're, it's quite an eclectic and strange group of peep as a we're a jew a brazilian a ginger and a white boy from somerset who are all based in london and united by a shared love of as you say 80s melancholy music uh and Nusa dembele and uh (laughs) that's yeah that's sad boys club it's and and you know football fits into our narrative quite well because we we tend to write songs that bemoan the sad state of things but with that particular hopeless optimism that maybe it won't be like that forever so um it felt like a natural progression of mm-hmm. subject matter
2: and you've got a, a, a new uh, ep out i'm not afraid of the death but i'm afraid of the dying um and white <laughs> art lane is on it and you've got some gigs i see you did the headliner gig in london but you're you're in uh, southampton uh, manchester Liverpool, and dublin over the next uh, month or so is that right
0: Yeah, that's right. And then we're off on our our own headline tour uh, next March, which uh, that will be announced, I think, tomorrow morning, actually. Um, So, yeah, we're busy. Uh, I think we're doing a few dates in Europe as well. Um, And we just come off the tour um, from last month uh, with a band called Slow Readers Club. So, yeah, we've been busy, boys, and it's been a lot of fun. It's been a lot of fun.
2: Brilliant. And would you get to games? Or are you a bit too busy to do that at the moment?
0: Uh, like when when I can, yeah. Um, like I've been to a couple of like this season, I've only managed to get to the the conference league games. Uh, which that's a hot ticket Thursday
2: now, of course. Nobody wanted to (laughs) go.
0: Well, you could have have the work, have the work permits come through. Is Conte definitely he couldn't do the
2: press conference? But I think I think it's hoping to come through a bit later. The players are going to
0: be you know, they're going to want to
2: impress him, yeah, Yeah, they're going to want to put a shift in. I I think he'll put a bit of a, a pretty decent hybrid side out. So uh, yeah,
0: yeah. that should be good. But um, yeah, no, hopefully hopefully we'll get to some more. We've been, we've been very busy the last couple of months, but we've got, a little bit of breathing room over the, over the next few weeks, so, so hopefully I can get to a couple more. Excellent.
2: Um, well, we wish you well with the EP and, uh, and the gigs, and uh, mm-hmm. all the best for the future. Thanks for joining us. Cheers, Jacob. Thanks a lot. Thank
0: you very much. Cheers, guys. Have a good one.
2: Jacob Weldon there, the front man of uh, Sad Boys Club. Go and check him out. I'm really enjoying it on the way. And It's an interesting mm-hmm. sound. A lot of influences kind of creeping in.
3: There was a very funny quote from Conte there when he said uh, he talked about why... Joined Tottenham, and mm. he said that uh, he's talking about Daniel Levy. He said the contagious enthusiasm yeah. of Daniel. Levy. I've never really not spotted that, that contagious before. when he opens
2: his chequebook. <laughs> not that enthusiastic no. when it comes to uh, the January transfer window. As you're about to discover, Antonio, <laughs> I'm going Thursday. I, I myself and my, the guys I go with, yeah. we just bought them like a job lot for fifty quid for all three games, because we're doing a discount. It's which is absolutely.
3: Unlikely. Inevitable That Spurs will yeah. win something But it's absolutely inevitable That he'll be gone Within two years You think so? so. Absolutely okay. There's no chance so he, Because even get... Even with Chelsea When he won I mean the club Didn't back him yeah. To be fair They didn't But he well, made it won't so, happen at Spurs But he made it so <clears> public <throat> You know <laughs> And then what he did to Costa was a disaster as well. So, you know, so it will be interesting, but you'll have fun along the way. It
2: will be fun along the way. The
3: Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast.
2: There we are. That was this afternoon show. We'll do it all again tomorrow from one with Charlie Baker. And you'll join us for the birthday spread, of course. But thanks for listening. You've been listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Hear the guys
0: every weekday between 1 and 4 p.m. on Talk Sport. Small details are big surfaces.